Welcome to We Found Another Hour, a podcast and ministry of Grace Baptist Church, Springfield, Tennessee. Listen now as we join our host, Dr. Steve Freeman, and his guests as they give biblical insight into your toughest theological questions as we explore the Bible together. Well, we're back in the studio. Uh, as we said in the conclusion of our last podcast, we still have the same guest. I'm thankful that my wife is our special guest with us. Uh, Brother Caleb Lewis and Brother Michael Sharon. Let's continue our discussion uh, from last week about, um, you know, this blaspheme of the Holy Spirit, the unpardonable sin, and how all of this uh, meshes. Um, You know, when we concluded last time off the air, uh, you know, as, as she often does, Leanne had a lot to say in regards to even my response. You know, she does that pretty regularly, Brother Caleb. does. When you preach, Brother Caleb or Brother Michael, mm-hmm. does your wife ever tell you how good you did? She is a literal helpmate every yeah. time I get done. Yes. So every yeah. time I get done speaking, I don't even have to ask anymore, but Lena will come and say, hey, here was the best part, and I feel really good, and then she t- hits me with, here was the worst part. I mean, <laughs> okay. she is a true helpmate. Like, so I guess we've been married so long and been at this for a pretty good while, Leanne doesn't even have to say anything. It's when I'm preaching and I look in the pew where she's sitting, I can tell exactly how it's going by the look on her face. (laughs) Especially, you know, because I say some of these little nuances every now and then, and she really, really enjoys that. It's just pride. She's just so proud of you. Yeah, I I just can't even look at him. I'm so proud. It's just demon pride. So, yeah, so I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for that. So, uh, Liam, what what was uh, what what is your take? You had a question, even, and I think it'd be great for the listening audience because there may be some of those folks uh, who tune in. Yes. So, um, as we concluded at the end of our um, previous podcast, I had a question in reference to your answer: Is those that we know that there are people in this world that worship the enemy, the devil? So, my question is, is those people, are they, is, can they not be reached? Have they gone to, to a place that they are unreachable, unreachable? Because according to what you said previously, is that the unpardonable sin is giving credit to the enemy for things that we know that the Lord has done. Am I understanding yeah. Well, Your first, let me correctly. let me just say how beautiful you are, and and thank Uh-oh. you, thank you. Backpedal. <laughs> but here here's the thing. So there's no definitive answer to your question because again, I think this applies to an individual. Why? You know what what causes somebody to worship Satan? You know what causes? You know what was in the heart of the Pharisees? Because Jesus, re- remember. Jesus knowing their thoughts. It wasn't even exactly what they said. So this goes, all of this goes, our spiritual, uh, everything about our spiritual life stems from what's on the inside. So, you know, can a Satan worshiper, have they gone to the point that, that they've committed the unpardonable sin? Um, I think it speaks to the heart of where that person is individually. What causes a person to go and worship Satan? We got to remember that we're talking about the Pharisees who are the most religious Yahweh uh, fearing and, and committed people on the planet. These were God's people. So, um, and, and God's people. There's a degree of difference because these are God's people, supposedly God's people who have completely 
missed the Messiah, but not just missed him. They had grown so calloused and prideful in their hearts that they said, you know what, there's no other explanation for what's going on, but rather than lead these people to follow Jesus, we have to lead them against Jesus. So we're going to take the work that God has done and say, it's the enemy. Um, I would venture to say that most people, even in a place of devil worship, for instance, uh, the enemy's a trickster. He, he, he's a trickster. He's the father of lies. And so many people, whether they're actively engaged in worship the, of the devil, most of the world is following the devil. Now, they, they, if you ask them point blank and said, hey, do you love the devil? They'd be like, oh, no. But the reality is, in, in their actions, they're following the God of this world. So he's hoodooed people. Mm-hmm. That's just the best terminology I got, you know. I mean, I learned that in seminary, hoodoo. He's hoodooed people. So I believe that even at that point, most of the people, even if they're actively engaged, it's because of a ruse. It's because Satan has somehow filled some gap in their life. And I don't know that it's an utter, an utter, rejection of Jesus as we see in the Pharisees as it is just a wooing of the enemy to them. So I can't speak definitively to, to you know, have they crossed the line, but I do believe that I can speak emphatically about most people who follow Satan. It's because of a lie and it's not because of a clear rejection of God. Y'all thoughts on that. And, and so you would say that the Pharisees had the truth. They, they weren't hoodooed. I mean, they had the truth, and, and that's, the, that's the difference. They're saying no right in the face of the truth. Let me say this based on that, Brother Michael. There is absolutely no factual and faithful way that the Pharisees could have missed Jesus. None. Okay. Uh, Isaiah chapter 53 clearly identified who Jesus was, where he would come from, what his mission was, even his personal appearance, gave him all the characteristics of the Messiah. And then Daniel chapter 9, to which these Pharisees and these religious leaders, the Sanhedrin council and all of the people of God would have had all of this scripture. And Daniel chapter 9, Isaiah 53 tells us who the Messiah is, what his mission is, what he will do, everything you need to know, the most definitive, clear-cut um, example or clear-cut presentation of the gospel in the Old Testament. And then Daniel chapter 9, when the angel Gabriel visits Daniel, he tells Daniel, outlines for him exactly when it would take place. All of this took place. Jesus's uh, uh, death, burial, and resurrection took place between the years of 26 and 27 AD. It's clear. We find that from Daniel chapter 9, beginning in verse 24. Uh, verse 23, as uh, the, the angel answers Daniel's question, God dispatches Gabriel to give Daniel an answer to his question, which really gives an identifying time frame. All they had to do, Brother Michael, was look at their calendar. Right. Look at their calendar. And all the things that Isaiah 53 said and all the things that Daniel chapter 9 said, and they knew that that was the Messiah. Here's the problem. They knew it was the Messiah, but they did not want to lose their power. They did not want to lose their authority. They chose power and authority, just like the devil did. They chose power and authority 
over God. I want to be praised. I want to be worshipped. And yeah. and Jesus was messing up their society. So uh, they were unwilling to bow the knee to that. So rather than follow God, humble themselves, and move people in that direction, they clearly knew who it was, and they clearly rejected to the point that they wanted to lead people astray. And God says, you've gone too far, and you can't be forgiven. So your thoughts? Well, I've, I've got two things I want to say here. One is that if you look at uh, what Jesus says, he says, whoever blasphemes the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. So this isn't a one-time thing here. This is somebody who continuously is blaspheming, present tense. Uh, that's who's in danger. And and to go along with that, I now, y'all may disagree with me, but I think that the person who's in danger of this isn't so much the Satan worshiper, but the one who sits in church every Sunday. Yes. Preach. The one who sits in church every Sunday their whole life and hears the gospel and and continually rejects it. This is a person who has no excuse. They know the truth, mm-hmm. but they're they're continually saying, "I don't care." I'm so not going to. So they would be a present to. day Pharisee. They're a present day Pharisee. Been to Sunday school, raised in church, and their heart yes. still screams, "Nope, nope, 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 nope." Jesus isn't talk. Jesus isn't here talking to the to the Philistines. Mm. He isn't talking to the to the Romans, to the Babylonians, to the Assyrians. He's talking to quote unquote church people, yeah. and so that's who that's who is uh, who's a target of what Jesus is saying here. That's a good point. Well, let's take a break and then we'll come back. Uh, we'll just uh, hear hear more insight. This is so interesting, but I think it's imperative that we take the time because this is like the the spiritual dilemma in people's lives. Can I be saved? Let's take a break. Hey, listening audience, thank you for tuning in to We Found Another Hour podcast. I want to take this opportunity to tell you about a great Christian education for your children. As uh, many of you are aware, at Grace Baptist Church, we began a ministry, a Christian private school uh, called Grace Baptist Academy. I'd love to invite you to check out uh, some more information about Grace Baptist Academy, especially as we walk through these unparalleled and unprecedented times of the year 2020. But as we uh, move toward 2021, we would love to have your pre-K-3 K-4, or kindergarten student to be a part of Grace Baptist Academy. If you'd like more information about that, please go to our website at www.gbcspringfield.org and uh, just follow the tab to Grace Baptist Academy. Enrollment is so easy. And uh, I'll go ahead and tell you that uh, tuition is uh, very, very reasonable. And it is, again, a great ministry uh, to lay a great foundation for a great future for your student. Again, Grace Baptist Academy, www.gbcspringfield.org. So we're back. and uh, Brother Caleb, you really, uh, well, I, I think you summarized the, the reality of, of where this passage of Scripture lies and to whom it lies with. Um, you know, we started the discussion about you know, those who follow Satan, those who worship Satan, and can they be saved? And, and you know, Brother Caleb, you, you really brought to light the fact that, you know, in this whole discussion, this was all the religious people. They, this wasn't, um, this wasn't the, the Philistines. This wasn't the, the, the people who were enemies of God's people. 
He was talking to his people who were supposed to be a light into the world. So this is why we really have to, you know, examine our lives. And Billy Graham once said, and and I, I can't quote exactly, but he alluded to the fact that 50, he believed that about 50% of the church, those who occupied the church roles, um, were, were not saved. So, you know, I, I would be interested to hear uh, y'all's insight on that in terms of, you know, that's a huge number of people. Now, is that 50% of the people who sit in the pews on Sunday, or is that 50% of the people who occupy the church roles who uh, aren't there? Because, by and large, I don't know, I, I mean, this probably holds true for most churches, I would say, but probably about 50% of our, you know, 3,000 plus members, you know, they're on our membership list. I, I mean, they're not in church in any given Sunday. I laugh and say, now listen, I love, but I laugh and say sometimes that the FBI can't even find some of the people on, on our role. So, um, you know, what what is your thoughts on that? I think that, you're gonna have, you're gonna have people who are who seem to be part of the flock, but who aren't, and the that's going to be inevitable no matter how how many guardrails you put in place. But I think there, you know, there's certain things that that can be done for for churches. If you're listening to this and you know you you're in a church and you think you have this problem, one of the things that can be done is that when we call somebody to salvation, we we make sure that like Jesus says, they count the cost, right? They know that. Uh, they know what they're getting into, and I know that when an invitation is given at, at, at Grace Baptist Church, it's it's not just invitation to salvation; it's an invitation to service, mm-hmm. and I think that's very important because uh, a lot of people think that they can they just get saved and then like they're good to go, like see y'all in heaven. Mm-hmm. But that's not that's not the case. Like your salvation experience starts the moment you get saved and continues until the moment you die, and I, then you go to heaven to worship God. I say that. Yeah. You know, when when a person says yes to the gospel, that's the starting point, not the finish line. Right. So and you think about you know what Jesus said he's going to say to people. Well done, good and faithful servant. Servant. Not well done, good and faithful confessor. Not well done, good and faithful believer, but well done, good and faithful servant. What what are you doing? But but the question, do I think that our church is fifty percent a blanket? Uh, yeah, I think it could even be worse than that. I mean, Matthew chapter 7, Jesus himself says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom. Not even those who prophesy. Not even those who heal. Not everyone is getting in that, that physically, by their mouth, calls me Lord, Lord. Which is a terrifying, scary thought. But it, it stems from the heart. So let, let me give you uh, what I believe, two antidotes to that dilemma. Okay? Uh, first and foremost, probably... Uh, one of the greatest insights to figuring out <laughs> because now we're probably, we've gone from the unpardonable sin of who could be saved to the question of who is saved. Mm. You know, so here, here's the bottom line. Um, when you, first uh, John is probably the greatest insight to any um, spiritual dilemma about salvation. First, I love what uh, John says in first John chapter five, verse 13. He says, these things I, I write unto you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. So what I love is the fact that you can know. Like, you don't have to guess. It's, you know, you don't have to guess what is Jesus going to say to me on that day. You know, is he going to say, and and can I say this? 
Um, we're all going to stand before the Lord Jesus. I preach this all the time, but we're all going to stand before the Lord Jesus. Whether you're lost or saved, every person is going to stand and give an account of their life. And, you know, for the saved person, that's 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, where we all must appear at the judgment seat of Christ. And what are we going to do there? Well, we're not giving an account of our sin because it's already been saved. When I mean, it's already been redeemed. When God's already taken that on and taken the punishment, and he has purchased you and redeemed you. So that sin, we're not giving account of that because Jesus already did. That's a good word. Mm -hmm. But we're going to give an account of our service. And we're going to be recompensed, the Bible says, for those things that we did and did not do, basically, in the kingdom of God. And Satan has given us, this is one of the greatest tools, and I, I say that in magnitude, not in, not in how positive it is, but one of the greatest tools in the hand of Satan is the lie that God is going to tell everybody, well done, good and faithful servant. I say this all the time. God is not a liar, okay? He's not, he doesn't even tell the little, the small little lies that we like to tell. You know, like Caleb, when Heather came down this morning and said, hey, I'm getting ready to go to work. How does this dress make me look? You know, that, that, I mean, you, you told her what she needed to hear, right? There's only one answer to that question. You better know that's right, all right? And because you're not dumb, that's, you know? All right. But. You know, even the Lord is not going to make us feel good. I mean, he's not in the business. He's going to tell us the truth, and he's not going to look at somebody who did nothing for the kingdom and say, hey, well done. Now, you get to go to heaven, praise the Lord. But as I've said, there should be more of a goal than just making it to heaven. You should, you, you, we should live our life so pleasing to the Lord that it, it plays itself out in the next life and those eternal rewards. And we want to hear the words well done. So, you know, our service to the kingdom. And this is really what first John is all about. I call first John given characteristics of the Christian characteristics of Christianity. If you want to know you're saved, read first John. If your life looks like that, you're saved. If it doesn't, you're not. I don't know if anybody's ever done this, but I think that that would just be like a stellar sermon series to go off of. Like, like how do I know that I'm saved from first Okay, John's I'm going to give you a little insight to this, Brother Michael, and uh, thank you for bringing that up because it's been a marginal discussion in the life of our staff ever since uh, Leanne made her last appearance here. And we're so grateful when she does because she gets things so stirred up. But uh, she, we were talking about First John in a sermon series. And she actually said the same thing, to which my response was, I, I've, I've already preached that series. Okay, but it was seven <laughs> years ago. <laughs> so we have to give, we have to shed light on that. Okay, but you were here seven years ago. I was, not, we've been I here was for, not here seven no, years ago. No, you have credit. You can okay, say cool, that. Cool, cool. I'm not in the same but, boat but as But, like, <laughs> she sat in the pew, Brother Michael. You know what that seven tells her, Brother, brother well, Caleb? Well, brother credit, Caleb? I mean, has she heard what, what? 3,000, 5,000 sermons in, in her lifetime from you, Brother Steve. I mean, no, that, 1,770 1,770. Sermons. So, I mean, I'm sure that she remembers all of them, but those, what, seven or okay, ten? Okay, but this so. was a whole series. Well, I mean. That we took six months in 2013 to go through the characteristics of Christianity from First John. It was so impactful. 
obviously. She was probably so awed that it's like erase the memory. I mean, <laughs> that happens sometimes. Like, yeah. you know, like, she might have got. Hey, she could have got caught up in my beauty. Yeah. That may be what it is. She may listen. She may have not had her mind on the right things when I was preaching. Yeah. She got caught up in the third heavens. <laughs> <laughs> I think it. I think it'd be a great series to do, e- even if you know we've already done it. I mean, like we talk about the gospel every week, and we're gonna keep talking about it. So it's okay to repeat, especially if the people of God need it, and it could it could encourage them to let them know that I'm not in this boat, and I don't have to worry about whether Jesus is going to say to me, "Well done, good and faithful servant." I could know right now. All right. Well, let's take a break right here. That I love to get Leanne's insight on the First John sermon series. Uh, we'll talk about that when we come back. You're listening to We Found Another Hour, a podcast and ministry of Grace Baptist Church in Springfield, Tennessee. If you'd like more information about our church or any of its affiliates, please go online to www.gbcspringfield.org or simply write to us via email at podcast at gbcspringfield.org. We'd love to hear from you. Let's continue now listening as our host, Dr. Steve Freeman, and his guests continue to give biblical insight to your toughest theological questions. All right, so we're back. Uh... Miss Leah, what are your thoughts on a First John sermon series? Have you ever heard a First John sermon series? I have. Obviously, you told me that I have. Um, so <laughs> I can speak to it. Has been in, in my defense, it's been seven years, but I have recently read First John, and it is a great book that um, will help you align yourself to understand if you are a believer in Christ. Um, recently, what what brought this conversation on is I had listened to another podcast where um, Have the, you ever listened to our I, podcast? I have. I have listened to our podcast and I listened to How many times? How many episodes have you listened to? <laughs> I've listened to four. Really? That's pretty good. That is good. Yes. Oh, oh my. I have listened to four. And um, with that being said, I had listened to and another podcast. And you agreed podcast. to be a guest on the podcast. Okay. Right. That's, that's right. That's right. I had listened to another podcast where this um, topic was discussed, and one of the things that the speaker spoke to is is that they too referenced Billy Graham and that how 50% of people that claim to um, call themselves evangelical or that they are a believer in Jesus Christ are not likely saved. And so with that, I think that it's important for listeners to know that it is important. I'm a firm believer that it's important to make a public profession of faith. However, it's not just because you have done that, you have made a profession of faith, you've walked an aisle, or you made a decision at church camp 30 years ago. Um, It's only you that knows what that profession of faith really meant. And so with that, when you enter that relationship with Jesus Christ, it's a relationship. And so you should have an ongoing relationship with him just like we do with our our spouse or our children and if you don't it's more than just being ritualistic it's more than just coming to church and saying I've checked a box I've went to church on Sunday morning or I've went to church on Sunday morning and Wednesday night but I've checked a box and outside of that you've not given any thought to him or served him in any capacity I believe that it's more than just doing those few things all right I said, yeah. I, so so it's not that's like a, deep by the way yeah. hey Leanne do this so that we can give uh, commercial plugs to these other podcasts you listen to <laughs> where was that one from 
That podcast I listened to is um, a woman whose name, I hope I get her name right, is Nancy DeMoss Wagamuth, I think. And then I also listened to um, the Robertson's podcast, Unashamed. That's a good one. That I think both are very good. The one that I listened to on Nancy um, DeMoss Wagamuth was Stephen Kendrick, who is the producer. Um, He and his brother Alex are the The producers of... Uh, many of the movies that we're familiar with, Facing the Giants, um, War Room. He was a guest good on stuff. her on her podcast. And All so right, so you give really commercials. Uh, Brother Caleb, you listen to podcasts? I'm a, I'm a big podcaster. What's your favorite? Well, besides this one, obviously. Yeah. Oh well. Other than that, no. I I probably listen to I listen to podcasts that would be extremely uninteresting to other people. Uh, one of my favorites is a podcast called Every Thought Captive. And uh, it's by uh, some guys up in uh, Missouri, Arkansas. I can't remember. And uh, they talk about how to take how how to take every thought captive, every cultural issue captive to Christ, and submit that to the to the lordship of Christ. Brother Michael, do you listen to podcasts? I do. Um, I, I'm with Miss Ann. I love Unashamed. Like it is just good. And then uh, I try to listen to to Dave Ramsey a little bit. Just get yelled at. I mean, I just feel at home. Yes, yes, yes. So yes. I mean, you ought to feel comfortable with that. I love you know? it. Yeah, I love it. So, um, well, I'm grateful, and I'm grateful for our podcast, Brother Caleb. You was talking about every thought captive. Which is a great point, you know, taking cultural issues. Because we, I don't know if y'all noticed, but we got a lot of cultural issues. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It kind of falls back to where we are even in this passage of Scripture. I mean, here's what we find. The world, and unfortunately in this part of the world, it was God's own people. But much like that today, the world was fighting the Lord. You know, and and it, it, it was a cultural battle. Uh, in Jesus' day and time, of course, you know, you you had so much context there with the, the Romans and the oppression of the Romans. Uh, but then, you know, the oppression of God's own people. I, I mean, here we find that. But we, things aren't much different. This is what I say all the time. The only difference between us and the people we read in Bible times is the clothes uh, we wear are different. All right. Mm-hmm. I mean, we still have the same problems. It's still the same cultural issues. You still have the world, even right now pushing against it's really a battle against not flesh and blood as paul says but against the principalities of darkness and this is what we're experiencing have y'all turned on the tv lately yep Uh, i can say that i have not and i've been totally uh disconnected not by choice but by the fact that every phone that i have is broken right now so like i've been four days without a phone but can I say, it's been like really liberating. Mm. I don't know how many calls and texts that I've missed, uh, but I've not seen anything. You know what? Uh, I have no idea what's going on in the world of politics. Is there still an election thing going on after? Because I know it was supposed to be up on November 3rd, but and we did a podcast on that actually, but I think it's yeah. still going on, but I have no idea. I'm disconnected. They're, they're- they're wanted, They're letting it go on a little longer because people enjoy it so much. So is that, that what it is? Yeah. It just brings so I mean, many people peace. I, yeah, is it bringing good TV ratings? Is it, that what it, it is? It is. People are really having a good time, so they want it to keep going for a few more weeks. I, I think so. And, like, I've not been on any kind of social media, which I'm not a social media fan, even though I'm on social media. 
you know, we do that for ministry purposes. We do a lot of advertising and things. You know, we want to expose the community to what we're doing at church. So we use social media. So I, I'm on social media, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I like social media. But you know what? It's been such a relief and such a break for the last few days because I've not been drawn to that. You, you, I, I think that we don't realize how sucked in we get to that technological world yeah. uh, in, until we're absent from it for a while. And I, by, again, by default, I've had to be absent from it. And it's been so nice because, like, y'all have not been able to get a hold of me. And, uh, is that what it is? We yeah, haven't been able to get a hold of you. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's been great. So, um, maybe I, I I don't know. Maybe 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 we try that. But uh, you know, this idea of taking our uh, thoughts captive in the midst of cultural issues. Uh, you, you know, our thoughts are going to lead to our actions, and and it's so important that at this day and time, right now. That there is no better opportunity for the gospel that the church has right now. No greater time. Oftentimes we're fighting uh, against what's going on out here in the world. Um, and, and certainly we need to stand for Christ. But there's a difference between standing for Christ and standing against everything. You know, we've got to find that balance. And because we've got to use this opportunity to reach the world, not alienate the world. So it's a hard balance. But... Uh, when when we can begin in our thought process, you know, I read, uh, and I haven't in the past few days because I haven't had any kind of cell phone, but when I read things on social media, oftentimes I'm thinking, how much thought went into that response mm. before you typed it out? And by the way, when you type something out, it's there forever. It's never going away. Yeah, you can never my, take it back. That's one of my favorite things to think about. Like Like people will type stuff that they would never stand in the middle of them all and scream. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like they will type something, and it's permanent. I mean, it's it's worse than standing up in the middle of them all and, and screaming it. Yeah, but, but they'll write it. Because, <laughs> one, not everybody hears that in the mall. And, sure. number two, uh, I mean, it can kind of go, even it though you away. said it, yeah, it yeah, can yeah. go away. But, but this perpetuates forever. Be careful away. what you write and how you respond. We have no doubt. And I was making lie to Brother Caleb, you made lie to the election, how everybody's enjoying that. But there's no doubt that there are high opinions about what's going on in, in terms of our political climate today. Mm -hmm. But be careful what you write and how you respond because the very people that God may have given us the opportunity to reach, everything that we've been talking about today, we may alienate them by our response. And so... I would encourage people, as Paul says, take every thought captive in terms of what, we, you know, because that's going to precipitate what we say, our responses, uh, and, and, and really our actions and activities in life. So uh, with that being said, uh, I thank you all for being here. We'll, we'll uh, tackle another question. It took us two episodes. Uh, we found another hour, and we only got... Uh, one question done, but Miss Leanne, thank you for being our special guest. I'll give you the last parting words as we uh, sign off on this episode. Well, I don't know if I'll get to come back, but I've I've enjoyed it, and thank you for having me. Have I said how beautiful you are? Mm -hmm. Because thank you for being for brightening up our day, and I I, I 
I thank you so much for your insight and always for your encouragement. Helpmate. Helpmate. <laughs> Helpmate. No, thank you all for being here. Uh, if you have any questions, uh, please send them. Uh, listen to the outro. They'll tell you the information on how to get a hold of us. But if you want to know more about becoming a Christ follower, we can find nothing better in our day and, and spending our time than telling you about Jesus and how you too can become a child of God because as many as received him, he gave the right to be children of God. God bless until next time. Thank you for listening to We Found Another Hour with your host, Dr. Steve Freeman, a ministry and podcast of Grace Baptist Church of Springfield, Tennessee. If you'd like more information about becoming a follower of Christ, we'd love to have that conversation. Please contact us at 615-384-3393. For other questions or information regarding Grace Baptist Church or its affiliates, write to us via email, podcast at gbcspringfield.org. And as always, as we explore the Bible together, if you have a theological question that you'd like answered on our podcast, send the question to podcast at gbcspringfield.org. Thank you for listening, and until next time, may God bless you.